everybody. It's Lisa. As some of you may already know, this is my last week as host of CityCast Houston. So today, the CityCast crew and I are looking back on some of my favorite episodes. It's Thursday, January 19th, 2023. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Let's start by saying who I am with. First off, there is Dina Kizba, who is our lead producer. And Dina, you have been with the show since the very beginning, right? Yes. It's been amazing. About a year and a half. We've done, what, over 200 shows at this point? My God, yeah. It's insane. Time really flew. (laughs) And we also have relative newcomers, our producers, Carly on Jones. Carly? Hey. Good morning. And A.K. Al-Mumin. A.K.? Hi. Hi. I, I, it's a little bittersweet here today. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Lisa. Yeah? Can't believe you're leaving us. This is the last team chat together. Oh, I know. But it's hard. But, you know, I'm excited about the new job. I'm going to be the op-ed editor with the opinion team at the Houston Chronicle that won a Pulitzer last year. Ooh. That's amazing. So I'm excited. You know, I'm going to miss y'all. Yeah, we're going to miss your voice, your bloopers. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all have had so many bloopers to choose from. Whoever comes next, they're not going to give you bloopers like I've given you bloopers. No. (laughs) (laughs) Doubt it. All right. But CityCast Houston's going on, right? We will be searching for a new host. Um, You know, the job will be up. Check the show notes. And additionally, in the meantime, you'll just hear our voices, the team, and possibly some of our contributors, too. And if you hear my little nugget in the background, that's something you'll probably hear more often as well. (laughs) All right. I will be anxious to see who y'all get. Yeah. They've got big shoes to fill. It's like watching an old boyfriend to see who he goes out with. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be one of those uh, situations where it's like... Uh, we have developed our voice uh, because of Lisa. Mm -hmm. So we really, uh, it'll be one of those things of like uh, rediscovering uh, our identity again. But, but I mean, we're so excited for you, Lisa. So you'll be close. You'll still be in the city. Mm -hmm. And I assume CityCast Houston is not going to lose your voice forever. We're definitely going to want to have you back. Y'all can ask me back. Y'all know my phone number. You know we will. You can text me. (laughs) You can't run away from us. (laughs) I cannot text you, but I promise I will. So, all right. All right. Are y'all indulge me? I want to talk about my favorite shows. Yeah. The first one I wanted to talk about, uh, Dina, this I think you'll remember because it was back in our early days. It is Mm. Tales from the 610 Loop. That was the first call-in show that we ever did. Um, we had just done an interview with Raj Mankad, you know, utopian, crazy guy that he is, had ridden his bicycle around Loop 610 along the access roads. And he talked about exactly what he'd seen. And it was just, it was a double episode. It was kind of like strange and wonderful. And we realized that a lot of our listeners had stories and they called in, you know, we asked them to on the show, in our newsletter on Facebook. And we just got, what, more than a dozen stories? And they were love stories. They were adventure stories. You know, you realize how much of Houstonians' lives Mm -hmm. take place on that freeway 
And I just thought that was, mm-hmm. you know, a great way to look at Houston. Yeah, it was it was amazing to hear so many people call in and have so many stories. I think the one that sticks out to me the most is, and this speaks to just how vast 610 is, is the one guy who called in and was talking about how someone was going to pick them up from the airport and they were like driving for like 30 something miles until they figured out that they were going in the wrong direction, which I was like, whoa. (laughs) Years ago, one of my friends who had lived here, he wasn't good with directions, so he didn't understand west and east and north and south. So he was coming down from the airport and he hit 610 north. And he was supposed to go west towards me, just a couple miles, 45. He got confused and he went the other way. So he went all the way around 610, 35 or so miles before he realized he'd gone the wrong direction. That's insane. (laughs) And yet, who among us has not done that? Mm -hmm. Or all the people who would drive around the loop to calm down. Yeah. But to calm down. Yeah, Carly, to calm down. I was going to say to calm down. That sounds like insanity. Like, do you love yourself? Like, it's hot outside. It's traffic. <laughs> and you went to 610. Okay. Nighttime driving. Also, during the pandemic, when people were stuck in their houses with, mm. you know, your loved ones, you love them, but sometimes you need some space. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Makes more sense. <laughs> Thought they were crazy for a second. It genuinely sounds like one of those things where, like, this is what brings all Houstonians together. It's like yeah. we all share our experiences on the highway. Like mm-hmm. that is what brings us together. That's our community event mm-hmm. right there is our yeah. daily <laughs> drive on 610. <laughs> what else was your favorite? Another one that I really loved was from one of our contributors, Jaime Gonzalez, mm-hmm. who does a lot of nature, natural history, and, you know, sort of deep history. And Pretty early on in CityCast, in our first year, he did a show about Google Earth Images. Google Earth Images tell the tale of Houston. What he did was sort of take me back in time through these satellite photos, showing me how you can choose your own neighborhood. Wind back time to this era before development. You know, you can go back to the 1940s, in some places the 1920s, and see what the land was. My neighborhood was a field. You know, it's really kind of cool to look at and to see how things grew around the different roads. And I just thought that got at a kind of history that I don't think most of us Houstonians have in our heads. When I teach kids uh, and adults about uh, using Google Earth, it is exactly that. It's a time machine that allows you to see how your neighborhood developed, how the city developed, how the transportation infrastructure developed, how the ecosystems changed over time. So it's a really cool time machine. You know, to most of us mentally, this place kind of popped into existence around 1973, just magically. (laughs) I remember looking at A-Leaf because obviously I have to check my old neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I got to check out where my hood was and what it looked like before. Yeah. And it was like nothing. It was all like prairie land and just like forest and trees and farms. And I'm like, I cannot even begin to imagine how that was like. It's so hard to picture it like that. And it shows you how fast this place has grown. Yeah. What nature looks like here, because I don't think most of us understand that. That's so true. Yeah. Another of my favorite episodes is from uh, one of my favorite frequent guests is Carrie Blakinger, who, you know, for my money, she is one of the best prisons and jail correspondents in the country. Carrie has been on our show a lot because 
there's a lot going wrong in Texas prisons. She's done a couple of great shows with us talking about her own biography. She served time, mm. is really driven by that. But, you know, like I was thinking that recent episode about what went wrong in Texas' deadliest prison escape is just kind of a great illustration of what CityCast can do. It can tell a story, a really whomping, interesting story that also like shows this larger structural problem in Texas. Mm. What I love about Carrie is that she's just always so passionate about every issue that she comes on mic and she's never going to leave without dropping at least one cuss word. I love her. She's, <laughs> she's hilarious. <laughs> one, come on. The F-bombs fly. You got to take cover. <laughs> <laughs> I remember working on that show and I remember it was a very harrowing, powerful reminder of when a, of when an institution that is entirely in the basis of like holding uh, human beings kind of fails those human beings. And like my favorite part of that episode was when Lisa, you asked her how it was for the other prisoners on uh, on that bus. It was this very stark reminder of like uh, reality versus fiction, where in movies, a lot of times there's like this preconceived notions that all prisoners would want to escape from prison. But Carrie tells it very blatantly. Uh, blatantly. Some of them were terrified, you know, because they knew once the bus was hijacked and the dude was driving off with all of them, they were all at risk of, of getting killed, you know, because that could have ended in a law enforcement standoff where multiple of them ended up getting shot. And they were very well aware of that. I mean, wow. everything in that story is a really powerful and harrowing experience of a complete structural failure. Mm. But that little nugget was like, it reminds you of the humanity of everyone who was involved in it. And I think, I think in all of Carrie's verbose, cuss-laden passion, <laughs> uh, she really does think of every human being in that story. And I think like, Lisa, you gave her her space to kind of tell that story in the direction she wanted to tell it uh, and not kind of frame it as uh, as like as a, as this grand narrative. You, you let Carrie bring her own. Oh, it is a grand narrative. It is. But the, the <laughs> fact that like it was from Carrie's perspective and she considered the prisoners and what was happening in those prisons and the guards and the victims, you know, and the escapee who was a, you know, not a great guy. Mm mm. Mm-mm. Not a not a not a good dude, but yeah. All right. So uh, the last one I wanted to talk about is a recent show, one that we did in December. Um, Adon Madrano, who is this really lovely writer chef, uh, came on and talked about the ancient joy of Texas tamales, and I thought that one was great in about six different ways. But the big ones was a it's a food show. We're a food city. We all want to know about tamales. But Adan deepens it. He takes that subject and he broadens it into a way of getting to know our, the world around us better. Yeah. You know, you feel like you're learning a lot about, you know, the culture of people who were here before the city was founded in 1836. You're learning a lot about Latino culture today. Yeah. And he closed with, you know, one of my favorite quotes ever, um, 
where he's talking about this is a culture that all of us share. You know, this is not just Latino culture. If you are here, if you're in Houston, this is yours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was it was from the documentary he had made uh, where he literally spoke to a, a cook. Uh, she was a cook in a kitchen and she gave him that phenomenal quote. In the final scene, a catering woman, Mexican-American woman, she says, as long as there are people who are passionate about this food, as I am teaching my children and my grandchildren to love, so long as there are people and cooks like us who are passionate about this food, it will never fade away. And and I really, I believe that. There was something about that episode where it was, where he expanded um, Mexican cooking in such a way to to make it not a transplant into Texas culture and, and even parts of Southern culture, but really like born out of. Yeah, his point is that indigenous people were in the Texas area mm-hmm. long before this was called Texas, long before it was called Mexico, that this is the culture that was on the land where we are now. Yep. And that episode was just so interesting because he told the story of tamales like in such an angelic way almost. It was just so interesting, so like informative. I was sitting there while I was like listening, like in the interview, and I was just like, oh, wow, like I'm learning about so much stuff that I've never like thought about. Just even like the simple way that corn is grown. Like, yeah. I, he was just, it was just so informative. I thought it was such a cool episode. Yeah. I didn't realize historically women grew corn. Yeah. Which was cool to know. Yeah. I was like, wow. Like, okay. And the fact that they developed all of those cooking techniques that get used to this day. And we say it's, it's, it's a women created product because we know that 7,000 years ago, even through today in the Native American communities of North America, in South America, women are in charge of cooking. Women are the engineers of all the cooking technologies that we use today. It always reminds me of the fact that a lot of my friends either continue making tamales or stop making tamales based on if their grandmother, before they passed, had passed down the recipe to them for tamales. Adan really just brings the whole picture together in this really beautiful narrative where like Lisa just sounds very excited to hear every, the next thing he's about to say. And it was just a really jovial episode. It it felt like a holiday show that is not really, that's not like cheesy or corny, but also like a holiday show that felt real about our city and the things we love here and what gives us our own identity. Yeah. It's one of the great things about Work, like working with y'all and like I have been wor- working with Lisa is like what I, what I'm going to miss is this like notion that like there are there are things that make Houston Houston that make Texas Texas and Lisa's very adamant about the fact that like those are the things that are most important to us and those are the things we need to bring to the forefront so it's really amazing to sit down for a lot of these episodes yeah and I think you all are going to keep doing that at CityCast. Oh, yeah. It's a part of the DNA now. I am excited to see what you're going to do next. So before we go, I wanted to give a quick shout out to all of the guests that I couldn't mention. It was really hard picking just a few shows. 
And I especially wanted to thank all of the regular contributors who've been with this show since the very beginning. I could not include episodes with Andrichelle Dorsey, Evan Mintz, Alan West, Olivia Flores Alvarez, or Scott Solomon, but this show would not be the same without them. And in our newsletter, I'm going to give links to some of my other favorite shows. So if y'all want to hear that and catch up, you can. Amazing. We're going to miss you, Lisa. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to miss y'all. We're excited for you, though. But we can't wait to have you back. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you do in your next like adventure and next job in life. So I think it'll be great. Yeah. Oh, well, I will be listening to y'all. Lisa's going to go ahead to win up another pull to win a prize with that team. So <laughs> no pressure, yeah. Carly. <laughs> Back, snap your fingers. <laughs> That was Nina Kispa, a.k.a. Al Moomin, and Carleon Jones. So if you think you would be a good host for CityCast Houston, check out our show notes. We will have a link to apply for what is really an excellent job. Also, in the coming weeks, I will be hosting a few more episodes that we have already taped. And you will also be hearing a lot more from the team and also from some of our favorite contributors. This show is going to sound great without me. And now, Carly, what is going on in the news today? Hey, Lisa. KDISD Elementary Schools canceled a best-selling author's school visit because of her use of the F-bomb on social media. So here's how it all went down. Emma Straubs is on tour for her first children's book, and she was planning to read the book to students this past Friday. That's until she got a notification the day before that she was uninvited. Now, this isn't the first time KDISD has done something like this. Remember back in October of 2022, the district was criticized for canceling an event with another award-winning author named Jerry Kraft and pulling his books out of the libraries because they allegedly talked about critical race theory. But the district later put the books back and rescheduled his event. Now, I don't know what's ahead for Emma, who said on Twitter that she regretted not being able to read to the KDISD students and that the only F word in the presentation was funny, feline, and feelings. But hopefully, her and the district can come to some type of agreement. That is it for our show today. Tomorrow, we will be talking about the week's news. I'll still be here. It'll be my last news roundup. Y'all listen. Talk with you then. AK, did you say hi? Uh, did you call my name? <laughs> I, did, I didn't hear it. I did not catch Let's it. Let's try that I'm again. Still, I was oh, so that's sorry. the blooper. That is hilarious. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, I was like checking All a million right. levels and things, so I'm so sorry. Okay. I don't know if I missed right. my name. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh.